Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. So Nathan, welcome to Canada's podcast. We, we talked a little bit before and uh, it's great to see you, great to meet you. And, uh, first off, let's get right into it. Tell us you know, a little bit about yourself, uh, what you're doing, uh, you know, I know I'm going to tell everyone is it he's really in the licensing business and, 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 uh, you know, we haven't, I don't think I've ever interviewed anyone from that side and I'm very interested in what you're up to. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I'm from the media business, so it's not, that I don't know about it, but anyway, I won't spoil it for you. Tell us a bit about yourself, what you're doing, how you got there, that kind of stuff, you know? Well, Jim Davis always said, I'm an anomaly. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, I mean, you know, I've worked with Jim Davis uh, and I'm a licensee of Jim Davis. Right. Uh, uh, his company is called Pause Inc. He's the creator of Garfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and so, I, yes, indeed, I am in the licensing industry. I'm mm-hmm. also in the food uh, industry, food and beverage industry and restaurant business. Mm-hmm. Not so much now because of COVID, but uh, yes, um, I, yeah, my name is Nathan Masri, and I've, uh, I've I've started at 27 years old. Um, I've licensed I've licensed cartoon, uh, the cartoon Garfield. He's a pop icon uh, cat, a sarcastic, hungry cat, mischievous yeah. since 1978. And I had this brilliant idea because I came from a family of franchise Canadian franchise uh, franchises. My father owned Mr. Sub Jugo Juice and Van Hoot Cafe, so he worked with MTY Group for a while. And I've learned the restaurant business or the brick and mortar and the franchise business from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to deviate and do something alone and more disruptive. As a millennial, we use apps. So I had this great idea of doing Garfield, uh, a Garfield restaurant called Garfield Eats. I mean, there's taco for Taco Bell, burgers for McDonald's or Burger King, pizza for Pizza Hut, but there's no drive through or uh, lasagna uh, or uh, no one has uh, has tapped that lasagna category. Um, and so Garfield is the perfect, uh, 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 relevant brand, uh, to tie it up with this food category. And I did Garfield eats, but I wanted people to, uh, to, to also have fun, uh, with, with, with Garfield. So I wanted to create an intergaging experience an entertaining and engaging experience on an app where people or consumers, uh, of all ages can play, the Garfield uh, game on the restaurant app. So it's not a boring McDonald's app where you go, you order and you check out, yeah. you actually download it. You can play the Garfield games where he throws food at you. You gotta, you gotta uh, uh, cut them into parts and you win paws. And with your paws, you can unlock coupons and you can get free pizzas or 50% off or tons of offers. And so it's really engaging in that way. It increases user retention and user acquisition. And it helped us a lot with the whole, you know, the whole gamification. Globe and Mail said um, that uh, the whole, gamification idea that we've created for Garfield Eats can really become uh, uh, revolutionary to the fast food industry and the restaurant business with a sluggish growth of 1% a year. And so I really thought I was onto something. Um, And I, uh, and then Garfield was uh, acquired uh, in September of 2019. Garfield was acquired by Nickelodeon 
by Viacom CBS. And so when you acquire a cartoon, a trademark, an intellectual property of such caliber, global caliber, uh, you are taking the 400 licensees with it. So we were in the gray area. What on earth is going to happen to us? Our contracts, Do they, are they going to honor them? Are, are we going to continue? What about all the brick and mortars that you know, we've created and, and, and their recipe and all, all the costs associated with it? And, you know, because the thing is about licensors, they, you know, they have the upper hand and um, there's always some tricky clauses in those licensing agreements. And so we were scared. I was, I was scared to death. Um, but they kept us on. We got a congratulation email from Viacom and they said, you're going to be working with us personally, no agent, no intermediary. And we thought, okay, wow, that's, that's amazing. They want us, they want to know more about us. They, you know, they want us to grow. Um, and so that's, uh, you know, that's the licensee licensor relationship. Uh, you know, that's the, I very much learned. So, you know, you, you came obviously from an entrepreneurial family, but it sounds like you were pretty all set. You could have stayed in that family business. You know, why did you decide to step outside of it, become an entrepreneur, you know, take, take your own risks, all of that kind of thing that goes alongside of it. What, what made you do that? I mean, you know, most people would have said, okay, family business is cool. I'm here. Okay. How, how, why well, step outside? Well, here's, here's the, here's what I always say. There's my grandfather always told me, he looks, he looked into my eyes and, and he always said, you, you've got fire in your eyes. And I knew that I've always, I've always known that I'm going and, and, and branch out and destined and, and, you know, and, 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 and build my own destiny. Um, but the thing is the, here's what the burning desire was. The burning desire came from me, um, uh, uh, tr trying to live a life that is away from mediocrity. I came from Montreal, Laval, in Quebec, um, you know, and for us, we, we were, you know, we, we, we have a, we have a Quebec team, by the way. So I, I didn't know whether to throw you back to, to Laval so you could speak to somebody. I'm, I'm quite international, <laughs> but, but we lived a very, you know, uh, mediocre life. You know, we were middle-class, maybe middle, low-class too. Um, and it was a very humble, uh, humble life. I saw how my father built his own blockbuster video rental, uh, store in downtown Montreal and how he hustled. I mean, for those who call it entrepreneurship, I mean, shame on you. It should be called hustlership. <laughs> because sometimes you live on a $20 uh, uh, bill in your account. That's all you got under your name. But you know what? I got that thick skin to live on the $20 and still put a smile on my face and, and have a big, huge, gigantic vision. It's not dead yet. And you know what? I also have, there's one thing that helped me. And I have to be honest about it. Mm -hmm. I did not come from a billion dollar family. I'm not the son of Donald Trump, but my father, he gave me the luxury of time. So he gave me the time to innovate and fail, innovate and fail, re-innovate and fail. And in case I failed, I did have a gigantic house to go to back in Dubai. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yes, I had a comfort zone if I was on the red line. Mm -hmm. and, and so that allowed me to innovate. And I really sometimes ask and wonder, to myself, I ask myself and wonder, will governments ever help 
and provide the basic necessities for the young men and the future generation of tomorrow, like the Gen Z, just gave them their basic necessities to allow them to think and innovate because they might really well be the next people behind the next Uber disruptive idea or Airbnb. I've always wanted to create a community solution to a whole community problem. And I hate thinking local. I like thinking global. And I've always been that way. And my father's kept saying, keep your feet on the ground, son. Keep, I said, no, no, no. I got wings that you don't even see. I need to fly. <laughs> and so him and I were very different on that, on that level, but it's the burning desire. It's the passion, persistence, perseverance. So working in fast food, which is obviously COVID. I mean, COVID for fast food, arguably COVID has been a great thing, you know, uh, in, in the sense that, People, if they want to have food, they don't want to go out, so order in. So what's that? I mean, you're on the ground. What's that done for the? For the here's, here's everyone asked. Even you know, you know, a lot of media. You know, they ask me, how did you? How can you know? David T has closed two hundred shops. Uh, Pizza Hut has filed for Chapter Two Thousand. <laughs> you know, uh, you've got brick and mortars who have who are a mom and papa shop for twenty five years. They're closing down. Garfield Eats goes ahead and 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 you know and 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 battles uh, COVID and 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 I thank the government, the federal government as well for for their support, such as wage subsidies mm-hmm. uh, and others, and and they really came in fast. Um, but what helped with Garfield is that because he's a pop icon, merchandise helped us. The cross selling with food. So if you sell a pizza for thirteen ninety nine, then you're selling a t shirt for twenty nine ninety nine. Um, then the, you know that helped us a lot. And we do shipping for merchandise. We don't do shipping for food. Obviously, you'd have to be five kilometers or eight kilometers, maybe close to the brick and mortar store. So it does. So the geographical distribution for food, picking up food or delivering food, even on Uber, they, they restrict you to a certain r- radius, but merchandise, we ship with our partner, UPS, we, we ship around and that helped us a lot battle COVID. Those who wanted to taste our food, but can't because they're, I don't know, Niagara Falls, but we, they do buy our merch. So merch helped the restaurant business and you, and there's no one would buy uh, you know, no one like us, uh, like a, a Garfield Eats, would attract consumers towards merch like McDonald's can or Burger King can, because Garfield, again, it's an entertainment brand. And but I can tell you, our lasagnas are delicious. You know, it's five layers and with ricotta cheese. So for us, what happened is we because we we wanted to focus on e-commerce, so we went ahead and started our frozen lasagnas. Um, so we can start shipping them with ice packs mm-hmm. so people can start, you know, tasting them and, 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 and enjoying the world's first Garfield eats lasagna. Um, and so we're really much into e-commerce and, and we have our website up, but, um, brick and mortar COVID has not been nice to brick and mortars. Um, and landlords have been even greedier. Um, and, um, and it was, it, it's not, it's optional. It's actually optional to for landlords to opt in into the governmental programs many don't want to just because it makes them look bad i don't know uh, they're stubborn like that and so that has you know that has not helped brick and mortars now everyone's suing everyone you know tenants and landlords and i think we're going through a shift we're going through a transitional period we are grieving but we must go through tr- through this transition towards from information era 
to an interconnected era, an interconnected society, a tech society, um, where you see everyone going bankrupt, but Amazon is hiring a hundred thousand more people, uh, and they're and they're also hiring uh, and they're also employing two hundred thousand robots. So it's it's really not replacing human capital, but we're seeing a transition, um, and that's what you know. Garfield Eats is all beautiful and nice. But that's what also during the lockdown has allowed me to brainstorm and perhaps save other licensees through our tech company that's launching soon called Iggy's. Obviously, we're talking about a COVID challenge, which is probably the biggest challenge that most of us have faced. I mean, and I've done quite a few recessions, but this has been a, a little different one. I think, you know, like many people, since we seem to be... You've seen it all, Philip. We've seen a lot, yeah, but this was a different one. But I think we're coming, coming out the other side, so that's good. Um, but when faced with those challenges, I have a process that I've developed, and I'm always interested to know what other people's... Pro- is there a process, you know, when you kind of hit a wall, is there a process that you have, Nathan, or that you've learned from, you know, from your mentors, we all have mentors around us, that, that you... Um, that works, that helps you kind of get around the wall, get over the wall, whatever, you know, that, that kind of thing. You know, I, I don't want to sell you a motivational book because I've read many of those books and it's different when you read and it's different when you're living the experience and now you need the tools. The book mm-hmm. won't give you that precise tool mm-hmm. uh, to overcome this challenge that you're going through. Most of it has to do with investors relations, uh, finance. It all comes down to money. The thing is you either ride the wave and, 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 and uh, you know, continue uh, the, pr- the brand presence, even if it's, even if you're not even breaking, breaking even um but you know you 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 have to continue and 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 sometimes they say oh it takes three years for a restaurant to break even but that means you need a lot of investment to keep going to pay expenses in order to reach that threshold in order to create brand you know brand resonance in in, in the city and brand visibility and people to get to know you and maybe on the third year make a profit that needs investments and so the thing is i'm a risk taker if I have zero dollars, I'll even I'll, I'll, I'll go and do it. Uh, <laughs> nevertheless, I'll, I'll, I'll still do it. But you have to be resourceful. My mental uh, here, my my uh, my mental blockage is if that if that's your question, right? When when do I when when do I get into a whole mental blockage or I yeah, how to get around it? Yeah, correct. And well, for how for for me is to you know there it's. It, you know, you, you either, you either get around it and you find the tools to get around it or you don't. But the thing is, if you don't, it's not the end of the world. And for many, it is the end of the world or for many, Oh my God, he's going to take me to small court. Oh my God. He's, uh, he's going to, he's going to sue me. Oh my God. People, why are the people going to think of me? Oh, they're not going to like me more on social media. It doesn't matter. And you got to keep going. Now you have a beautiful history that can be part of your beautiful Wikipedia page. You started something, but I think entrepreneurs to really start to, to, to really prevail, succeed. Failures are amazing. They're beautiful for me. I feel a sense of relief when something comes to an end and it hasn't been rewarding. It's a sense of relief because no one can take away my ideas. 
No one can take away my visions. And as I work towards bringing investors on board, creating beautiful pitch decks, and um, you know, it's the people also, they're the building blocks of, of, of a company. And, and, you know, and, and you go on to the next thing. I mean, you know, you gotta stay, you gotta stay positive. I was having supper with my wife and talking, talking about the, to, the, the environment today. I was kind of getting me down and then suddenly the penny dropped and I said, it's just another challenge. I mean, exactly. You know, exactly. Kind of cool. I like challenges. So I'm not bothered about it. It's actually, I haven't done this challenge. So this is a cool, you know, so so all of a sudden, scared of this. I get excited about about it. You sort of you sort of get depressed. Oh, I haven't done this one. That's good, you know. And I think from that perspective, that's probably something to do with entrepreneurial sort of. Well, thing. Philip, I think I, I think people are scared of the the F word for generations, mm-hmm. and Generation X hasn't done a great job in uh, motivating and encouraging their children to take risks. Uh, and 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 also remember that you know, the, our our previous generations, uh, our parents haven't taught us uh, good things about money. Uh, ha- they haven't taught us good things about accumulation of wealth. We we often feel guilty for the accumulation of wealth. Um, and it depends how you allocate wealth if you do have it. Um, and so we're, we're, we're kind of we're, we're, we're self-destructive in, in a way where, you know, we shouldn't be taking risk. We should be paying our bills, be good citizens, vote. But the thing is, life, that's, that's, that's not how you elevate in life. And I think it's an, a generational education and development um, and I and I and I always like to disrupt. I'm just that type of personality. Uh, I I always say use your own critical thinking and leave CNN alone. <laughs> so okay, you were talking about some something your grandfather said, and I, I, this question I ask everyone because I love to hear the answers. It's totally selfish on my part. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received, and keep on using? Mm. You know, there's so many because every advice is is uh, it, it it's it's um is a key to a different door, and it's uh yeah, sure. and, and, it, and it's uh, it it depends. It's 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 advices are uh, and an advice is relevant. You know, it depends on the situation. But one thing I can I I think I resonate well with is Nike's slogan, and 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 it really it's really a, a powerful human condition. Just do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just do it. And you'll be, and you know what? You'll be just fine. You'll be just fine. So just, just to c- conclude things, some rapid fire questions. Are you a morning or a night person? I'm a night person. I, I, I brainstorm well in the night in silence, yeah. uh, maybe with my glass of red wine, but uh, <laughs> I, yes, morning for me, uh, uh, I can be, I can wake up quite grumpy and be screaming at an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what book are you currently reading or listening to? Well, Philip, of course, my book. <laughs> uh, it came out two weeks ago. It's called Arabiosis. It's about fighting suppression. But I do love Outlier, the Outlier, um, and for and it, it's quite uh, it's it's quite uh, it's quite disruptive. But one book which is which is consistent with, consistent with my next thing that I'm doing, Iggy's, is how to build a billion dollar app with George Burkowski, Burkowski, mm-hmm. whom I met 
mm-hmm. whom I met in London for dinner in England, and uh, quite what quite remarkable, quite remarkable, and uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be in you know hopefully Iggy's can become a case study in his next book. If you had to pick one word to describe yourself, Nathan, what would it be and why? Anomaly. <laughs> no, anomaly. Nickelodeon called me that, you know, and I guess it's working well. Globe and Mail, Toronto Star. But I think why is because I use my own critical thinking. My 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 thinking process or my paradigm of thinking is not uh, is 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 not boxed by society or my my employer or boss or partner or parent. I've escaped from all of it. It took me time, but I've, I'm my own. I'm my own man and I do what I believe in mm-hmm. and I do want to create something that a society can use and that can solve an industry problem. I, I hope to create something. I think it's about time that we find uh, in, uh, in one of the top hundred WPP brand index score, one of the top hundred brands originally I'm Arab and it is, it saddens me to death that not even one brand makes up the top hundred brands in the world. You see Indomie, the noodles from Indonesia, I think, and they're there. You see a Turkish cookie or chocolate brand, they're there. Emirates Airlines, they're there, but that's publicly funded. But Uber's there. You know, you don't see Pepsi, Coca-Cola. Not one Arab was able to innovate. That's a really good point. You're absolutely right. You know, I think think we still live in a very local world on the brand level. Yeah. Kind of, kind of interesting. And I wanted it to come out of Toronto. I wanted to start in Toronto, in Canada. I mean, Toronto is becoming the next tech hub because of Donald Trump's immigration laws. A lot of software engineers are moving to Toronto. Yeah, and I'm sure. really excited about Toronto. What's your most favorite place in the world? Toronto. Uh, I love Toronto. It has everything. Toronto, to- Montreal, but Toronto is your most favorite place? I, I love, I, you know what? I do want to end up in L.A. I'm a, I'm a California boy. My uncle is there in OC and uh, yeah. I, I love it there. And, um, but you know, my roots in, are in Laval, you know, and uh, it's, that, it's where I go to, you know, try to stay humble, but, uh, um, but yeah, you got to ride the waves of life. And, uh, and sometimes it's, you know, it's, uh, it's so just unexpected. Give everyone, uh, this new thing, just give everyone just a, you know, a one minute pitch on it. Iggy's. Iggy's. Well, during the lockdown, um, we, I, you know, I've realized that a lot of licensees like myself, I was a licensee of Viacom, CBS for Garfield. So I understood other licensees' pain with overstock. They had tons and tons of merchandise and overstock, including, you know, big studios, uh, you know, like WWE, 20th Century Fox, you know, some of them have tons of merch in the stock. And when you go on, you, you want to search for Mickey Mouse plush or a Mickey Mouse toaster or a Smurf bag you don't go necessarily on you know on amazon it's not the first thing that comes to mind we'd like to be the first marketplace that comes to your mind iggy's is the world's first licensing marketplace where when you think of a cartoon uh uh we have all the products for it um and so it's an app and a web and we are uh empowering it with artificial intelligence where you take this app and you you know you put it near a movie of you know the garfield movie in 2004 on netflix and it hears the cartoon cartoons voice and he creates all the products nearby you and you simply order them we have nothing to do with shipping and uh, storage we they the order simply goes to the licensee that we have onboarded similar to uber eats they onboard restaurants and we do quite the same thing we onboard you uh, if you're a license
consistency. And uh, we are currently, we are, I currently have a happiness account manager in every continent who are currently onboarding around the clock. Um, and we are in talks with Sonic from Sega, um, uh, Walt Disney, 20th Century Fox, the Smurfs, uh, WWE, and, and many more. Cool. Okay. Well, you, you know, it's, it's fun. I like to keep going because I think we could chat for a long time. Oh, I would, I would never shut up, Philip. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres. So we've had, we've had, like, I kind of like to go run about 30, 35 minutes. To, you know, we, you know, this is that, that's sort of what, what, what people, is, they want to listen. That's, that, that tends to be, to be there. But, you know, how can people find you online? I mean, because you've got lots of things that we didn't cover. Uh, and you know, people get interested, and again, they want to get in touch. Kind of thing. I think the best way to get in touch is obviously LinkedIn, uh, but I always say the best way to get in touch is Instagram. <laughs> I'm quite, uh, I'm quite, uh, I'm quite a, uh, a, a heavy user of Instagram. I mean, if they if they shut my account, I, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. Listen, Nathan, thank you so much for coming on Canada's podcast. It's been a lot of fun and, uh, you know, hope to meet again. Okay. Thank you, Canada Podcast. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.